Hey guys, so today I will be going over the very interesting psychological interpretation of Kundalini Yoga and Chakras from Carl Jung's lectures in the 1930s. Someone very kindly sent me the entire lectures in PDF form a few days back, and I wanted to go over his interpretation of them through his psychological model and symbolic interpretation. They may not be within the traditional conception, but I wanted to go over them as I think it may be useful for some and make a very interesting point for further discussion in the comments. So to start off, we have the Muladhara, if I've said that right, or root chakra. And this is the foundational chakra being the root and a way in which this can be understood psychologically is that it is the personal chakra, the one of you associated to the ground the body and to the earth. The kundalini within is in its sleeping state and rises up through the chakras. It is thus the case that the gods themselves within you, let's say, are asleep. The muladhara is very much a grounded personal identity, so the acceptance and realisation of the impersonal experience is how one flows up through the other chakras. Now what does that mean? The muladhara chakra is an individual is an ego within the rational, understandable world who in relation to personality is a healthy individual. It is the opposite of the provisional life, which would be living in an abstract world, a mist, a world of uncertainty, which is one that fundamentally resists taking up the responsibility of adulthood, which is not overcoming the mother or father figure, which is fundamentally not knowing what one wants, doing things but not really knowing why, not having a future conception and living in a temporary existence of continuous uncertainty, like what many people have been forced to be in over the last year. This is the provisional life, and right now we have a massive split psychologically in the collective where society has forced a lot of people back into that provisional life, which is really, really bad. Because not only does it stop you, it literally stops you from existing, and even people who know what they want are also limited in that sense. So Muladhara or root chakra is essentially a healthy self-conception. As we can see symbolically, we have the elephant, which resembles a driving life force or libido, being that it is the strongest mammal in the world. The square symbolizing the center of the earth, it is man acting as the moving libidinal power in his world. Thus, you cannot be at Muladhara or Root if you are not moving your own world ahead, or at least making a world which is led by you in some way. The opposite would be a neurotic who is attached to the umbilical cord of the Pleroma, to the world of splendour, suspended in the air, the conditional life. Jung gives a good example of how one would speak in this life in his lecture. They would say something like, I am not living on such and such a condition. If my parents behave according to my wishes, I stay. But if it should happen that they do something I don't like, I pop off. So that is the external attitude which they would carry on with. Now the only way one ascends up the chakras is that they realise that the rest of the chakras are experienced impersonally that they are understood through the impersonal self. This is essentially because, if not seen as such, one will develop inflation in relation to their personal self and chakras, and that is 
the completely wrong way to go about it, in a psychological sense, because it has nothing to do with the personal. This is why they resemble symbol, because they are of the collective unconscious. You cannot identify with impersonal events personally, which means that you have to objectively observe them instead, which is the Western struggle. For that is why narcissism is so popular on many different levels in modern society. If you can never detach, then you can never develop the Kundalini, and that is the only way to develop the Intellachia, if I've said that right again, which is the germ of life that is you. It is very much a seed, but it essentially needs planting in the ground to develop and grow roots, which it then uses to create other roots, and then it can grow. But if that spark has never gotten into the ground itself, it doesn't have much or any foundation. A bit like a potted plant, for example. And you don't want to be a potted plant for your whole life in that sense. That you become this individual that has all of this character, but not much foundation. Which then makes the character itself very flimsy, very easy to tear down, and weak. You don't want to be a potted plant. You want to be a plant that has strong roots that live in the soil of the earth, in a sense. As soon as you enter that first chakra, the Maya starts to disappear because you start to understand your character, which is the seed which has planted, does not concern itself with illusion to grow. That illusion becomes unimportant for you, but that does not mean that the material world is not important in of itself to some degree. This leads one not to the next chakra as such, but to the Manipura center, or Manipura chakra, which is symbolic of fire, for it is initiation similar to baptism. For example, when the priest says I give you eternal light during baptism, he means I give you relatedness to the sun, something which you did not have before, which is immortality of the soul. And you have this story in the baptism of Christ in the River Jordan and ancient Pharaoh symbolism. For when the Pharaoh dies, he embarks in the ship of the sun. For to approach divinity, you have to escape from the futility of personal existence to go through the underworld after death, to attain eternity. So what does this mean psychologically? Psychological baptism, in a sense. Renewal and fire. It all is awareness. When you are baptised, you are symbolically pushed into the unconscious, into the water, or with the pharaoh he's put into the underworld. But what happens from that? Your awareness within consciousness expands. In the Matrix, for example, Neo takes the red pill. He's shown the true world of the collective unconscious, which did not exist before his initiation or was not realised. Within his subjective hero mythology, he then realises that he is the chosen one. Why is that? It is because he within his own personal myth realises the impersonal truth, which does not relate to the ego self, but to what has revealed itself from the awareness of the unconscious. And that is the symbol of fire, which is what this chakra energy is. Fire is both destruction and renewal. Beforehand, we believe that we are living consciously with intensity, but when given the dive, the initiation, we realise, when coming back up, is that the world and my relation to it is completely different than before. I am not what I thought I was. Heraclitus sums this up perfectly 
when he says, I quote, War is the father of all things. So if there is no war, you are simply just maintained within one of the oppositions, either through fear or lacking courage, which is not the truth itself. The fire, on the other hand, is a, is a war, for it is a synthesis produced by an initiation. And of course, let's not forget, each chakra has a direct psychical localization, and with this, the manipurer is within the solar plexus, and this explains why we use euphemistic language to abstract our emotions the best we can. Whether it's in relation to the heart, the head, the gut, or butterflies in my stomach, we intuitively respond through the different degrees of chakra, because each localization is a different place of conscious experience. And when people do come in contact with the unconscious, they mentally or physically blow up, they start crying, old thoughts haunt us because they ended up becoming buried emotions like the embers within a fire, because the embers last long after the fire has burnt out underneath the ashes. And this is a place for, if I've said this right again, Enatio Dramaya, which is when someone discovers something impersonal within the unconscious which will overcome a subjective desire and control a part of the individual. We think in the heart. This is what a Pueblo chief would say when referring to the Anahata Chakra, the heart lotus, the place of the heart. People sometimes say, you know it in the head but not in the heart. And this is something very, very serious. You can know things for many, many years but not in relation to the subjective soul of experience. It can sometimes take a long time for that to occur. The Anahata is a chakra most people generally don't reach because it is the symbol of the gazelle, the symbol of air or wind. Now, spiritus means both wind and spirit, and animus means spirit, so the wind and breath are usually always associated with the spirit, or the last breath, symbolic of the spirit leaving the body. So the question is, how do you get lifted up from your own emotions? The fire which burns within the belly of Manipura and Muladhara, and that is through thought, through reason, and this is where Purusha comes into play, because Purusha is the divine self, which means that it is not isolated towards nature and causality, it is instead given a purpose. The energy is not used blindly through desire, through the fire, it uses thought to direct energy with a purpose which gives it divinity, and Purusha is identified within the heart, and this, according to Jung, is when individuation begins. Because through the detaching of the emotions, through the ego of passionate outbursts, you start to identify what the self is, and this introspectively would be when someone sees that the ego actually acts as a mere appendix of the self, in what Jung calls a loose connection because the ego is far, far down in the first chakra, and then within the fourth chakra it becomes aware that there is something above its existence in Anahata. Primitive tribes which developed the Anahata chakra were those, or realised it, were those which were less wild but more reasoned, ones which developed ceremonies for celebration and worship. It could be said that this was put in place to prevent any kind of definitive return back to manipura psychology, to instead have circles of worship, magic and ritual orders, 
So in today's civilization, anahata is very much the politeness of speech and apology, which is put in place to avoid the explosive fires of Manipura. Jung writes, The crossing over from Manipura to Anahata is really very difficult. The recognition that the psyche is a self-moving thing, something genuine and not yourself, is exceedingly difficult to see and to admit. For it means that the consciousness which you call yourself is at an end. In your consciousness, everything is as you have put it. But then you discover that you are not the master in your own house. You are not living alone in your own room. And there are spooks about that play havoc with your realities. And that is the end of your monarchy. But if you understand it rightly, as a tantric yoga shows you, this recognition of the psychogenic first recognition of the Purusha is the beginning of the great recognition appearing in the most grotesque and ridiculous forms. You see, that is what the gazelle signifies. End quote. The next center is Vishuddha, and this is very much the ether center. The centers, I would say, fundamentally climb up bottom to top from matter, subtlety, to psychical. Vishuddha is beyond the physical and into the ether world, the place of abstract ideas, the world which exists in the psychical, and the only place of reality. The atom and other such conceptions of reality have very much only become understood through the Vishuddha center, and this is fundamentally recognizing the psychical substance as the essence of the world. Passing into this chakra requires that one understands that psychical facts have nothing to do with the material facts. For example, for example, the anger that you feel for somebody is not caused by external things but all by itself. It is subjective level phenomena, for example. This is why people have different responses to the same thing. And of course, why people have subjective psychical shadows. That the worst enemy is essentially within ourselves, in a sense. Thus, through this realization, the world isn't exactly seen as a game, but the world as your own game. The world becomes, which is really interesting, a reflection of your own psyche. But of course, this is a very constricting place. Not much place to breathe, as it is in the ether world, but this is symbolic of the white elephant, which is not the same as the previous. This symbolizes the fullness of psychical energy as opposed to the grounded reality of Muladhara, or the first two or three chakras. So when it comes to anything beyond this, it is really impossible at the moment to explain it psychologically within the human condition, because it's very much the ether, the land of psychic thought and abstraction. There may be a possibility of reaching the Ajna Chakra in the future with technology of some kind where consciousness escapes the human body and is placed within an ether world of some kind. Even though something like this will be possible, I don't think it would be healthy, but rather exceedingly dangerous due to the fundamental misunderstanding presented by the latest generation and their relationship with AI. This is because the chakras, I believe, need simultaneous activation, and if that is not attained from the ground up, then any presentation of AI towards fundamentally socially disregarded people who have not even reached the first chakra or ground reality 
and are willing to take up the potential powers of Ajna and very, are very much doomed either towards full-blown neurosis or bodily disintegration for the sake of a non-real world and remnants of this interest can be seen simply by just looking at the attention AI robot Instagram influencers, which is a very strange new phenomenon I've come across, get when it comes to affection and how young people look at them as role models, taking human advice from, from a computer than their actual family. But symbolically, the Ajna is a winged seed and contains no animal whatsoever. This is the linger in a new form and its full consciousness. Like AI symbiosis, godlike consciousness, a world for non-ego existence, as God is essentially non-ego. And finally, Sahasrara, which is the final chakra, which is more of just a philosophical concept than anything else, which is the lotus of a thousand petals, which is the existence that there is nothing but Brahman the full-blown pleroma in a Gnostic sense of everything and nothing. But literally speaking, through psychological union interpretation, this chakra has no real practical value for what I can see in his lecture reports or what he has said. So Jung writes, Suppose someone reached the Ajna centre, the state of complete consciousness, not only self-consciousness. That would be an exceedingly extended consciousness which knows not only that is now, but more that every tree, every stone, every breath of air, every rat's tail, all that is yourself. There is nothing that is not yourself. In such an extended consciousness, all the chakras would be simultaneously experienced, because it is the highest state of consciousness, and it would not be the highest if it did not include all the former experiences. End quote. With that in regard, people are only fooling themselves if they actually think we can attain some kind of Ajna state with the synthesis of AI. Because AI or any of the or any of that kind of mechanical input is not in unison with nature, especially when you look at the unhealthy relationships we have developed with it. Look at today or the past year, people have been dumped basically, into a really, really bad psychological state of confusion, loss, misunderstanding, and neuroticism in the past year, and collectively I think it is much, much worse than meets the eye, and is not going to get any better until, unless things change drastically very soon, because the psyche, as much as it is painfully ignored, is much more volatile, dangerous, and unknown than we like to accept and something so important that has been given, let alone ever, but in the past year, very, very little attention. If you enjoyed this video, make sure to give it a like, comment and subscribe. Make sure to check out my Patreon if you're interested in donating towards the channel. I've also set up a YouTube membership for people that want to contribute, but don't want to use Patreon as a means of doing so. So if you want to go to my YouTube channel homepage, there is a button which says join and you can pick whatever tier you wish. You can also follow me on Instagram and join my Discord. So with that said, thanks for watching and I wish you a lovely day. Thanks.